Sorry, assholes, your quiet day at the office is about to get severely fucked up. Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the After Action Review. You guys know me. I'm Nick Guy, the world's most okayest Green Beret. And once again, we have a fan favorite, Green Beret and operator and owner of the best hair in the world, Joe Kent. Joe, thanks for coming back on, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hosting us. Oh, dude, always. We, uh, we love having you on. I say we like I have a crew here. I love having you on. So, all right, we'll jump. We'll just jump right into it. So, news that a a a female special forces student is nearing the end of the Q course has broke. We've known that there have been women in the Q course for a while. Um, this the this the first one to get this far. Um, I I think last time I last thing I read she was in sage or getting ready to go to sage something like that and if, if you're unfamiliar with the q course robin sage is the culminating exercise it is a unconventional warfare exercise that spans something like 13 counties in north carolina it's a great time every green beret uh at least in the last 30 40 years has has gone through robin sage i had a blast uh your experiences may vary though we had a, a pretty easy infills some guys have awful infills and uh but regardless it's one of those things you have to do so this kind of spurred once again it, it the debate over women and special operations and specifically women in sf i jump on twitter uh because i was sick as a dog and i was looking to pick a fight and i <laughs> <laughs> and boy did you did i man i stepped in it dude but I, I said, I'm, I'm all for women in special operations, Navy SEAL teams, uh, PJs, Ranger Regiment, uh, even Raiders, because they're not so much doing the, the unconventional warfare thing. They're, they're doing a lot of the, the foreign internal defense. But my position is that women in SF isn't a good match. And that's because the nature of unconventional warfare means that you are living and eating with and training beside and going into combat with dudes who are and i used a word which was problematic uh dudes who are savages and they are they they have zero respect for women they view them as less than objects uh my personal experiences i've seen women chained to walls women are not allowed to make eye contact they're not allowed to speak they they're beaten they are sexually abused. They're raped by their husbands and their husband's friends. And it is awful. So keeping that in mind, those are the types of people that we work with in unconventional warfare. I don't think that would be a good fit because we operate on something called 
rapport and rapport is our ability to, and I use very serious, very serious air quotes, befriend, uh, big air quotes, these people in order to get a job done, in order to complete the mission uh, to further U.S. foreign policy interests. So with that being said, Joe Kent here um, respectfully disagrees, and I he absolutely respect his opinion because, as many of you know, his, his late wife, uh, Chief Shannon Kent, was KIA in uh, Syria, northern Syria uh, just over a year ago. And she was an absolute hitter, an absolute asset to the special operations community and totally defined what it meant to be a special operator. So that being said, Joe, I want to hear what you have to say, and we'll, we'll see if we can get some middle ground here. Yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's a pretty big topic, especially the, the specificity with which you kind of started the conversation on with women specifically in special forces, Green Berets. Um, I'll get to that. My overall feeling or my overall opinion is that since we've cracked the seal and we've been sending women to war for a really long time, in particular in the GWAT, there's been women fighting alongside and dying along, <clears throat> alongside men, and especially men in SOF, that if they have that opportunity to go die for their country, I think we should give them the opportunity to go to selection. Um, just sort of a fairness of opportunity, not necessarily a fairness of outcome. Um, that said, I don't think we should change one single standard for women, because um, I think the women that truly want to be there will respect that and they'll want to meet the standard. They don't want the female standard, they want the male standard. Um, so I think it's a, it is a huge equality and fairness thing. Uh, if we could go back, back in time and, and put it back in the box that women never even set foot in a war zone, then maybe this wouldn't really be a topic, but we really can't go back and put that genie back in the bottle. So. My wife was the third woman to be killed alongside uh, Special Operations Forces. So there's been two others as uh, CSTs fighting with the Rangers, uh, killed in Afghanistan, Ashley White and uh, Jay Marino. Um, my wife was on her fifth soft deployment and she was you know, serving alongside a Green Beret and a Navy SEAL. So my overall opinion, hey, if, if they're good enough to go um, fight and die, then they can show up to selection day one. Um, I think to your point about specifically putting women in special forces, um, I think that's a, a really broad discussion. But I, I mean, I would say overall, if there's going to be any place where women belong in SOF, I think it's somewhere operating in the intelligence, unconventional warfare, preparation of the environment, environment. Um, I don't know how great of an addition a woman is in a stack doing a direct action type of raid. I, I don't think that really suits their unique capabilities the best. And at the end of the day, when, when, whenever any of us make it through our different process um, to become part of special Oh, hold on, you cut out. Nope, oh, let's get audio back. That's all right. We're running with, uh, man. <laughs> well, Joe, I mean, I don't know who's, I don't know if it's on my side or Joe's side. You know, Joe's got two really rambunctious little guys who I don't know if they're like into Fortnite yet or they're they're gaming but who knows they're taking up all that bandwidth no man the there's, there's 18 bravos they're just smashing it <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no electronics going on there's just like toys hitting the router <laughs> dude they're little they're little hellraisers dude I follow I follow your stories on Instagram they they crack me up but all right I'm sorry we all right so uh women probably they're best suited for maybe that, that operational preparation, the environment mission, the, the human terrain, 
not so much a stack, and that's where we cut off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of where I ended because I saw, I saw your facial expressions. Um, yeah, more or less, I, I think women are a good fit within somewhere in that, that uh, continuum in special operations. And I think SF, in my experience, understands that continuum the best because that, that's truly special forces roots. Uh, everybody else has had to kind of branch off into some aspect of that, but special forces, we have our, we make our money there. Um, and so I think if there were an issue like you described where a woman would have been a 100% deal breaker, I think in mission preparation, that's something that we could identify and move and move the one or two. I mean, it's been open, special forces selections have opened for women for what now, since 2016? Yeah, a couple years now. We just got one in four. So, I mean, like, <laughs> we're, we're going to be decades, if not lifetimes, away from having numerous women come through the course at this rate, uh, enough to make up a, a serious composition on the team. So I, I think the one or two women that we get every year, if we put them in, in a, unique, a unique role where their talents are best suited, I think we could um, use them properly. So at the end of the day, I think it comes down to leadership leadership and preparation on how we actually employ them. And, you know, I, you know, on Twitter, uh, that was a point that you raised up and it was a point that kind of triggered a little something, at least to get me thinking uh, a little bit differently than I had been. And, and you talked about, it was all about, you know, personnel management. And it's true. We do the same thing with dudes on teams. Um, you know, you want to, when, when a new guy shows up to group and to a company, you know, there's a process of having him meet with different yeah. teams to see where his personality kind of fits in, things like that. What specific mission, you know, the teams kind of specialize in, things like that. Um, and I, I, that's a fair point. I'm worried, though, and, and this is where my worry is for that, is, and as you said, that's a fair, it's a fair assessment to say, well, during, during, you know, mission planning, you would probably be able to identify because you go into, you go into a mission knowing who your partner force is going to be or your potential partner force is going to be depending on how far along the UW cycle is. I'm just, I'm worried though, that that could create a whole nother set of issues. Like if you, if like if a team goes, all right, so we are going to the heart of the Middle East. We're going back to Syria. We're going to Iraq or, or something like that. And we're working with Indige who are living in the ninth century. Um, or we're working with Indige, who the commander is literally a former ISIS commander. Um, we kind of have an idea of how socially evolved he is. Um, you might want, you know, we're going to have you sit this one out. And I'm, I'm just worried that's not going to fly. Like that, that would just create a whole, you know, claims of, you know, calls to, you know, the IG and claims of preferential treatment or, um, oh, God, after a day at the office, I'm just not thinking. But James, uh, uh, claims of, um, it's not, it's, you know, it's harassment or, or, or singling out because you're a woman. So, I mean, do you see that as a, as a potential, as a potential issue that arises? Yeah, and I, and I think actually most of that would be self-inflicted by oversensitive men or guys that are careerists that don't want to touch the issue at all. Um, so like, I, I think I can kind of think of two vignettes and I, I'm going to have to speak probably annoyingly vague about this, but 
there was other situations I was in in um, another unit, not a special forces unit, but a special operations unit where we had some female uh, operators. Um, and I was in a situation once we were at a pretty remote location where we kind of needed, there were so few of us that we needed everybody who was there to be pretty proficient at some hard skills, um, being able to shoot, move, communicate, medicate. Um, so we, we all kind of had to be on our game just because of the nature of how isolated we were and, and where we were at. Um, the, the way that the, the manning laydown kind of went was a, a female was slated to go out there with us, which wouldn't have been an issue. It wasn't an issue so much that she was, uh, she was she. Issue was her background. She had a, a pretty strong background and some other skills, intel type of stuff. Um, but she did not have a hard skill background. So she had done a train up, a workup. She had gone done some shooting, some, and some driving. Um, my case and a couple of the other guys' cases was, hey, like that's not good enough. That's great when you can operate around a bunch of a ton of guys who have a ton of experience and, and close to a the safety net of a FOB or more like a direct action type of profile where you have you know, all kinds of assets. But when you're out there kind of flapping, you need folks that can kind of handle them. They have a background in handling themselves. Um, that no one wanted to touch that issue. Um, so it sort of just happened and it wasn't the right call. Luckily, nothing happened. Um, she went and she did a great job. She did her best. It was just a situation that I saw as someone who, who generally has been attempted because of the pre previous experiences. I was like, hey, women are in general a pretty good asset to have. Um, that was an eye-opener for me, not so much seeing her reaction, but seeing how non-willing leadership was to touch the issue. So that's where the whole thing's going to take issue, like leadership. So whenever this female Marine Beret shows up at group, it's going to take leadership to figure out the right place to put her. It's, it's going to take leadership to talk to the guys that are going to be working with her. But it's also going to take leadership to like sit her down and be like, hey, look, here's the deal. Like you're breaking new ground here and not just here in the regiment, not just here in the army. You're breaking new ground every place we go. So look, we might say some sexy shit to you. Like, you're not going to go to this meeting because they don't want to see a chick. Like, and that can't hurt your feelings. Otherwise, this whole thing isn't going to work. And I, and I feel like, I, don't, I have no idea who this woman is, <clears throat> but I'm guessing she's probably heard this shit before and it won't surprise her. The challenge is going to be to get to find a E8 and a captain and a sergeant major and a major that have a career to worry about that are going to be, be comfortable with saying that to her. Yeah. And, you know, I, maybe it's just the pessimist in me or, but I just, I see that, I see that, that situation playing out where a teen daddy says, listen, like you can't come, you know, we're, we're living with, we're living with a bunch of animals for the next yeah. six months. And the last thing we need is, is a female there because that, you know, that team sergeant has you know, probably has seven, eight deployments, you know, with, with special forces. And he knows, you know, I, I brought up, you know, the fact that I had to threaten to, I had to threaten to kill my partner force for attempting like multiple times for attempting to rape women that they stopped. Like, because we were in the wild West, we were in this part of Syria called the Hamad desert and isis was was fleeing and they were kind of pinched but in the meantime we were holding ground to see if they would come south again and our partner force like took it upon themselves to become a police force and there were refugees from dar azar that were trying to make their way west 
and they were stopping caravans. And this is where like the term, and there, there's another, there's another SF dude on Twitter, uh, KST suit who I was in Syria with. Uh, mm. I've, I've known him for years, but you know, we called them sand pirates because that's what they were doing. They were just like stopping vehicles. They were stealing shit. They were doing this, they were doing that. But when they, when they would come across a female, like they would try to sexually assault them. And it, like I said, multiple times I had to tell them like, seriously, you, if you put a hand on them, I'm going to kill you. Like it's and I, me personally, I don't know if I could do that. You know, that's, I, you know, that's one of those moral conundrums, not me, my convictions, but like, oh my God, what does this do to the overall mission? You know, that's, well, that's SF, you know, the whole morally ambiguous mission where we assess and select special men to do very special missions. But knowing that, that team sergeant with that knowledge, and if he goes up to this female and you would think, and I would hope that this female that makes it through has thick skin can just toss it back because that's the culture of SF. Somebody calls you a fucking idiot. You say, fuck you, dude. I'm doing, you know, you know, whatever. If once you have that, that, uh, once you have the wasta behind, you know, what you say, once you're established, but in my mind, I just, I can't get that scenario out of my head where the call to IG is made and, and, and the female says I'm being discriminated against because I'm a female special forces is open to women. I'm special forces qualified. I have the tab and the braid to, to prove it. But here it is. And I'm not saying it's just female specific. You know, if I, you know, God, if it, if it was a man and they're like, oh, you know, you're too freaking white to go on this mission. I, it, me personally, I'd be like, wait, what? You know, like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like I I'm trained, I'm, I'm ready to go. So that's the, that's the scenario I see in my head. So, and, and again, like for me, you know, you and I kind of differ on what, you know, women in the stack and things like that. Me personally, I don't know. There's some women I watch, I watch the CrossFit games. I hate CrossFit, but I, I watch the games and they're they're, some of those women, man, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to say, I'm like, God damn. Like she'll, she'll outperform me, you know, she yeah. probably will. So in terms of like women in the sack, like, like I said, those other roles in soft, I don't have an issue with it. So long as the standards are maintained yeah, and that brings up, and that brings up the next question. Like when the first females went through ranger school and I'm not going to comment on the validity of the, of the roommate or not, because I don't know, but the roommate was there that standards were compromised in order to make a statement. And I mean, I'm, I'm wondering where you stand. Like you have high vis, you have high vis females going through very specialized training, very high, you know, you know, high tier training. There's a lot of eyes. There's a lot of brass watching. I mean, do you, th I, do you think that, that those careerists in order to say for a, an OER bullets to say, oh, oversaw the, the, the oh, yeah. integration of females. Do you think that if we keep pushing this, that standards will, I mean, what's the possibility that standards will, will slide? And I'm trying to, I apologize for just blathering. I'm just trying to choose my words very carefully because it's a sensitive subject. Now there's, there's a ton there, man. I think um, with the Ranger school thing, I think that, 
the what it's called the fire and maneuver center of excellence or whatever the guys at fort benning i mean it's big army it's trade off so I, I get it they got a, a lot of this where i think they really really went wrong is as opposed to when the dod and, and congress mandated we integrate um the services and combat arms as opposed to saying okay great come tomorrow if you meet the requirements come to our course i believe that's more or less what the marines did whereas the army in particular big army went on this big they had this whole what study they launched about the whole process and they had these women come through that were like validating the course and then they finally finally after i don't know a year oh you cut out <laughs> hand arm signals baby just take it right back to right back to the basics all right we'll uh i don't know while we wait for the audio just just keep talking nonsense and so there you go yeah yeah let's see if i can i can't see where I feel like as an 18 Echo, like I should be more on the ball with these things, but I'm really not. <laughs> I can't see you, but I can hear you. I'm That's all right. I can see you. So wow. you're okay. not missing much. Uh, by, you're not missing much by not seeing me. <laughs> we had that. We had the hand and arm signals though when I, when I lost you. I don't want to touch it though. Because it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah, the Ranger School thing was interesting because. I think uh, they did those women that volunteered to go a disservice by having the study ahead of time. Because then no matter how hard it was, people could go and, and you know, throw shade the women's way and say, well, they, they went and they, they reviewed the course and they changed it for you. Um, so that's, that's the ranger school thing. And I, and I hope none of the services do that. I don't think the Marines did. I think the Marines, because they were letting women into infantry officer school like immediately. Um, so good on the Marines if that's the case. Um, with SF, I mean, I get it, man. There's a lot of guys right now. I see, I see the memes on Instagram and most of the memes are hilarious because those guys are awesome. Um, saying that all the course standards were lowered for this woman. I mean, I would point out that we've been messing with the Q course and messing with our, how many people were letting through the Q course now for quite a while. I mean, I got the group in, in 03 and then by, 07, we were tasked with the whole 4th Battalion thing. And so there's been this massive increase. So somewhere around, we had between 2007 and 10, we had increased what, like close to 900 Green Berets throughout the five active duty groups. So I would say if there's been course changes and we've been letting more people through or making it easier, it's been to get more Green Berets, period. Not just one that wears a Green Beret. Because we've only gotten one and we've gotten like how many more guys through the course. I don't even know if you can still hear me. No, yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah, I'll tell you if I if I if I lose you. Okay. I mean, and th and that's fair, Rich. You know, because every every Green Beret is going to look at the current class of guys coming out and say, "Wow, that's not a, you know that product needs a lot more yeah. work at the team at the once you know at the team level once they get there than you know when you self assess yourself and say, "Yeah, when I got to the team, I was I was like that." And you you were in group far longer than I, you know, than I've been. Um, and so, you know, I, if I showed up to your team, you'd probably be like, what is this dirt bag doing here? Because, you know, that's just, a, that's just the nature of it. Yeah, that's just, um, that's just in general, man. Same thing when I, when I got there, like I was a, I was pretty young when I got there and SF was still, what was way older when I got there. So people were like, who the fuck are you kid? You know? <laughs> 
I mean, it's, I mean, it still is. I mean, I, maybe, maybe things like kind of went down on, you know, after the surge and things like that, after the whole fourth battalion, after the whole Iraq surge, yeah, thing, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe things leveled off. Um, Cause you know, when I showed up, I, I was, I was young too. I showed up to group. I was, I was uh, 25. I was 25 when I showed up and I was the youngest guy on my team by f- five years. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I was a young guy too. Um, so I, but you know, the, and then everybody looked and they're like, Oh, look at this dirt bag. And then, you know, I had a lot, I had a lot to do, you know, I had a lot to learn and I had to keep my mouth shut and just kind of do what the team asked me to do until I was allowed to speak. And that I had to deploy with the team. I had to get through a deployment before I was allowed to get out of like a kid's chair, like a little baby chair. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe, and maybe now, like, you know, now I've been, I've been in group for five years now. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not like one of those, those old salty dudes at five years, but you know, I've got, I've got three combat, you know, three combat tours with group and, you know, I never did a J set. I have my, you know, I, I, I'm hoping to, to do a J set here in, in the future, but you know, now I look at like the product. I'm like, man, dude, like they got it you know, we're, we're working on like basics on SUT, things like that, things that should be ironed out in the, in the course. So I think that's kind of a natural reaction for any, any dude, any team guy to say, Oh, look at this, you know, look at this product and, and this, and the standard. So I, that, again, that's another fair point to the point, of, to the point of the Marine Corps. Um, the Marine Corps absolutely did not budge on its standards with infantry officer uh, training. I think it's IOT infantry officer training. And I don't think a female has gotten past like six weeks or something like that. Uh, Marine Corps also did that interesting study. I talked about it with uh, BK Actual on this podcast uh, where they pitted all male companies versus all female or uh, mixed gender companies to see how it would play out. And the Marine Corps did not like the results. The results were very telling and they kind of moved forward knowing that the all-male companies far outperformed the integrated gender, excuse me, uh, companies. So, I mean, all this is interesting. I, you know, going back to your point, I can't get the, I can't get the, that your argument out of my head. Like, yeah, women, women are, they would be assets to, to the OP mission, to, to, to that kind of mission. Um, I mean, it's an open, it's an open secret that, that special mission units have used women for decades because women provide things like access and cover and we'll just say cover <laughs> and we won't use any, we won't use any terms, but things like right. that. Um, so, I mean, they, they have their place. Like I said, that's why I would never say no women in soft because like you said, they have had this impact over the last 20 years of the GWAD and maybe even before, you know, at that SMU level, I know certain units were, were super busy back in the late nineties. Um, but I, you know, again, then, you know, I, I think about it. I had, I had a, uh, had a, a, a very prominent female military Twitter personality DM me asking me about that tweet of mine. 
and she said, Hey, I, I just want to DM you to, to get away, you know, get away from all the madness that's, that's going to ensue and just get your opinion. And I gave her my opinion saying, Hey, within UW, this isn't a good fit. Um, and then I said, and then I brought up the whole, well, if we do bring her in and say, Hey, you can't do this mission. You can't do this. You can't do that. I mean, are we opening ourselves up for discrimination or how will other non-special forces qualified female career, you know, uh, service members view that. And, and you know, those two hiccups kind of just, they stick with me. Cause even if, even if the, if the, if the female service member is, is okay with saying, Hey, you can't, you can't go on this deployment. Like it, it can't happen. Like, you know, for better or for worse, like the army is, is definitely a litmus test for social change. And where do these other, where do these female service members that hear about this or read about this, how do they come into play? So that's, that's where, that's where I am. Um, so I, I don't know how to, I, me personally, I don't know how to reconcile with that. I mean, well, let me ask, let me ask, let me just straight up ask. I mean, Shannon, we all know Shannon was a, was a freaking hitter. We all know that she got work done. We know that she was a stud. I mean, God, <laughs> yeah, she's, run, she's running marathons and she's, she's moving weight, man. And, you know, she was an absolute stud. So I'm not going to ask, like, what would Shannon do in that situation? But, like, from you, you know, she's your wife. Like, I mean, did she ever mention something like that or, or anything along those lines? In the, in the UW context? Like, no, she, I mean, she had, like, working with – Oh, dang it. You cut out. Big thumbs down. Yep. There we go. Hand arm signals. We'll wait. You can just, it only lasts like 30 seconds. That's a perfect plug for a uh, product while we wait. Hey, my buddy, Demps. There we go. Never mind. We'll wait till the end then. Go ahead, man. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, man. Sorry. So, I mean, she had, had a lot of experience working mostly in Iraq. She worked in Baghdad a lot. Baghdadis obviously are a little bit more cosmopolitan and so there and Saddam was bathy socialist all that so there was a pretty vibrant place for women uh in that society um even though like as the civil war went on oh we lost him again all right so we'll we'll pick up at with the civil war going on we'll see if he comes back um all right, so while we wait, oh, there we go. All right, sorry. All right, so, <laughs> so as the Civil War was going on. Oh, so anyway, yeah, like that, it was harder for her to access women, but it was equally, it was doubly more challenging for men to access women. So the little bit of access they could get to women, Shannon provided that. So she was a mission enhancer. Afghanistan, she did VSO. Um, so she was living in the middle of nowhere, Afghanistan. Um, so she had a similar, a little bit harder experience there. Because Afghan society is what it is, probably closer to what you experienced in Syria, um, where there were some men who just wouldn't talk to her, and they would feel that out as they went. But she could always get a chance to talk to women. The medical piece is huge. Can they offer some medical assistance? And mm -hmm. then, and people talk, and then, then it goes from there. Um, I, I mean, I, I I personally think like you know to, to the examples that you gave. I've had very similar experiences, um, particular in Yemen with. Some, some black guys that were on my team, I kind of gave a little thing out of that. Obviously, it wasn't um, 
as kinetic of the situation as I think you were in. We were, we were there right before the bottom fell out, and these were guys that were part of the Sala. Sala's a royal family, but they were they spoke great English, man, but they straight up told me that they did not like black guys, and they didn't want to give black guys access to the base. Um, and then they kind of made a big deal out of it. Um, so me and my team leader at the time had to go and work on that, you know, but it, eventually it kind of came down to like, hey man, like you guys know we're Americans and we're going to bring the black guys. So get over it if you want our support. And, and I think with women, it would kind of be the same way. And I, I think most, most of our savage friends, they know that you've got to give to get and like they're, they're going to want to play ball with us. So I, when we're bringing air power and we're bringing cash, I, I don't think that even the most hardcore Islamist guy if he wants to, if he has any inclination to work for us whatsoever, I don't think a woman's going to be a deal breaker. Because at the end of the day, I sort of feel like with a lot of these guys, I get it rapport, you show them respect, um, but they're going to have to do it on our terms. You know, I, I think a lot of the rapport that some of the coin doctrine and some of the even like human has gone with is that we totally have to adopt these people's cultures. Like, not really. We just have to show them that we're representing America and we're representing the most powerful country in the world. And at the end of the day, we'll help you. However, like, you're not going to get hung up on the fact that I got a black guy and a woman if you want the magic aircraft overhead and you want a tough box full of money. And, and that, that's fair. Um, I mean, again, you know, we all speak from our experiences. You speak from that experience that, you know, we, we had, you know, my, my last deployment, we had our sister ODA that had a black, you know, obviously black team guy it that wasn't an issue evidently in that part of the world um i guess you know for our guys like the whole their big thing was like machismo and like masculinity and manhood and it even got to the point where like my senior at the time couldn't grow a good beard so we kept him out of kle's just to be safe Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know just to be safe um, and Kaylee's our key leader engagements, you know, meeting with, with head honchos, uh, guerrilla chiefs and, and potential people who are giving you information, things like that. Um, where you sit down and have chai and pretend to be all buddy, buddy. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we've both been there getting a group as younger guys. Like I, I got my first taste of like having to work with people that were men that were way older than me and had way more life experience. I'm like 23, 24. And like, I don't really know much, but at the end of the day, like the guy might be, I, I knew he was probably thinking, what the hell am I doing talking to this kid? But I was his access to America. You know, I mean, a woman's yeah. going to have, he's going to have a much harder, a young female is going to have a much harder role. Because really at the end of the day, man, like it is what it is. That guy's not going to be necessarily thinking like, this is my access to America. He's going to be thinking like, I don't know, is she hot? Like it, that guys are, guys are what they are, you know, and, but we can exploit that. You know? And we can, and you, you, you can't, you, you know, you and I had talked a little bit about that and it could be an asset. Um, it's just, you know, my experience that part of the world, like machismo reigned supreme. Like it was, it was masculinity or bus. Um, so they didn't so much have like an issue with black dudes because like the two black dudes at the camp were absolute monsters, just monsters yeah. of men. They were just huge and jacked and tan and just, you know, 220 pounds of all American beef. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that was an easy sell or maybe they just thought better of, you know, bringing it up. Um, so, you know, again, and I, I get the argument. It's like, Nick, that's, 
you know, where you were, that was a specific instance. Um, and, you know, but, you know, when I take a look at like Afghanistan, Iraq, like every, every group took a bite of that sandwich. Every group did. Oh yeah. It didn't matter. Like you could, you know, I know other people like suggest like, Hey, put her in 10th group. Like, you know, put them in 10th group. They'll work in Europe and she'll blend right in. And, you know, all the stories we hear of like, of, of like special mission units, like utilizing women, you know, like it was, it was right before and immediately after like the fall of the Berlin wall. And, you know, you know, a single dude traveling around Berlin was a, he was a target, but you know, a couple didn't, you know, didn't raise suspicion. So SMUs were kind of ahead of the curve and utilizing women um, in an operational role like that. And, uh, you know, but at the, you know, at the same time, like 10th group is, they're still stacking bodies in Afghanistan as we speak. Like, and, you know, that kind of goes back to like, all right, like, Hey, we're doing mission planning. Like, yeah, that, that, you know, that, that trip to Lithuania is, is off. Like we're going back to Afghanistan and we don't think this would be a good idea. Um, so I mean, I don't know, man, like there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of questions. And personally I've, I've accepted, I've accepted the fact that there will be females in special forces. I think I, I've accepted it. It's, it's going to happen one way or another. I hope that, I hope that every single standard that I can't say yours because you, yeah, who knows? You're going in from '03. You probably look at the standards where I was working in '13 to '15, and you're like, "Wow, those are garbage." But where I'm standing, I can say, "Man, I hope the standards are the same as when when I went through." Um, but you know, I I don't know. I think it's an easier sell. It's it's an easier sell to me to say, "Yeah, women in the stack." Like, yeah, if they're an absolute monster if they're an absolute beast if they are they embody the whole you got to be to something to do something and yeah. <laughs> you know um i me personally that's an easier sell or hey put them in like hey air force is rocking that whole new special reconnaissance or pjs or ccts or things yeah. like that like for me that's an easier sell than and then like hey women in in that human train environment even though i get even though i get your argument like I get it. Like women can provide access. I'm yeah. just worried that when they don't provide access. Right. I mean, there's going to be so few of these women that like every group has guys set aside to go do something a little bit different without getting too specific. I mean, there's a lot, actually quite a few guys set aside to do something a little bit different. Um, so I, I think it'd be definitely a leadership failure. And I think it'd be damn near impossible to not find a place where you could take those somewhere between one to five female Marine Berets that each group's going to get in the next, at this rate, decade, <laughs> and put them in a place where they're utilized to their fullest potential. You know, and that's another part of the leadership that, like, hey, if these Afghan rotations come or, or something else kicks off that's highly kinetic, um, where, you know, you might just have to tell the newest female Green Beret when she comes to the group, like, hey, you're not going to an ODA like everybody else is. Like, you're going to go do this other project. Um, that's unique. It's an opportunity. You're a Green Beret. You get all the respect of having a Green Beret and a long tab that we all do. And here's the mission you're charged with. And then after that, I, I think it will be, she'll have the exact same. Cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
Dude, that's all right. We're one of these times when you and I talk, we're just gonna just sail right through. It's gonna be too easy, man. It'll be too easy. But um, nah, I mean, it's, yeah. there we yeah, go. Back. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think once you, I don't know where you lost me, but whenever she gets to gets the group and she gets put aside in some other, I wouldn't say aside, but she gets tasked with a a separate mission. That's you know on the leadership to to put that on her, and I think she'll she'll either rise or rise or fall. We lost you one more time. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, one of these times we're we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it one of these times. We're just right through. But uh, I I hope, man. And like I said, what what? There we go. Oh, I hear myself. So we got you. Yep. I can't. My end or your end. It's probably me. But. I mean, I hope, man. It's like, what, what's one of the hallmarks of a Green Beret is, is it's social maturity. Yeah. And it's, it's emotional maturity. And, you know, yeah, we goof around and we're savages ourselves. Savages. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of the day, you know, like, you're there for the needs of the regiment. And I get that. And, you know, when I was a new guy, I got thrown on the B team. Cause there was no, there were no, there were no, there was no spot for me on the ODAs. Like I was assigned to this company and that was it. Um, so I, it was awesome. Like what I probably was, I, my B team time was probably the best B team time in the history of the regiment. Yeah. I got hoard out to ODAs that were going all over the place. I was, I was working with like the real cool guys. And like, as a new guy, I was like, Oh man, that's awesome. And you made the, you made the most out of it, man. I did like, yeah. you know, I got to see the, you know, firsthand, like the power of American air power. And it started me down the path to like JTAC and things like that. It was awesome. Um, so I, I mean, I hope man, cause like I said, it's an inevitability. Let's face it. Like we can all have our personal, we can all have our personal opinions on the matter. Um, but like it's going to happen. So, you know, let's, let's hope that, that it, it works out the way that the regiment hopes it works out. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, that's, that's an experience, what you said about getting to, getting, getting the group, getting put on a V team and kind of moved around different places. I mean, that's similar to experience that Shannon had. She could always find work somewhere because she was willing to travel and she was willing to go to new places, but nobody exactly knew how to use her because there was no codified position for a female. So she just kind of volunteered for everything um, and got put in some spots. And I, and I think that's a position that a lot of these female Green Berets are going to be in. So it's going to be on them and on the leadership. Like, I think they're going to have to have a certain degree of, like, flexibility when they get the group to get told, like, hey, you can't go on this mission or that mission. But there's some other opportunities here, and they can they can make the best out of it. And, and hopefully the command's willing to really find the right person for the right job and do some talent management. Dude, I mean, I hope that's the case. I mean, I mean, I didn't go into here like hoping to change your mind, and I don't think you came in like hoping to change mine. I mean, I still have my reservations in some aspects. You have your reservations in others, but um, I mainly I want when you offer to come on, I just want to talk. You know, I wanted to have you on just to you know, let's show like it's okay to have disagreements on. Yeah, right. On, <laughs> like it's okay to disagree. Fine. Like it doesn't make anybody a monster like let's disagree and let's let's yeah. talk it out man like god <laughs> everybody's yeah. everybody's too serious man everybody's way right. too serious super serious on twitter man oh man it's very serious business 
on, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, both sides of the of the extreme argument of like women can't do anything versus like we have to let women into everything and it'll make everything better. Like both sides are just pretty stupid, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's tough and the divide and the divide is palpable man like on, on the one side like we need women in everything we need them like you need women there we don't care what happens to the standards like that organization will be better with women in it well, and he, he, sexist. like okay or whatever whatever those things are called yeah i mean so you got those woke vests and then you got like the old school guys right you know and God bless them. I love them to death. I really do. I find them super funny and I find them charming in a very harsh and jagged way. And I love those guys yeah, I mean, dearly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're setting their ways. And I'm not trying to change their mind. But uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about it. Show, hey, we got some disagreements within, within the community. That's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, what you and I say doesn't matter. Yeah. No. They're, they're coming through. I mean, that's 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 kind of all there is to it. I, I mean, I, I sincerely hope my my big thing with whoever's managing how we make the standards at the Q course is like maintain the standards, or you're not only screwing over the regiment. That's obvious, but you're screwing over the females that actually had the balls, for lack of a better term, to raise their hand and volunteer. Because every single one of those women that volunteers for this, like, I mean, it's it's huge, man, for them to volunteer to go into something where they know that they're going to get not only shit throughout the entire course, which is difficult, but they're probably going to be deprived of a lot of the camaraderie that, that you and I had going through the course, just because a lot of guys aren't going to want to associate with them. They're going to want to blame everything on them. Like, that's just social dynamics. And I think the women volunteering know that. So don't screw them another time and lower the standards so guys can talk smack. Like, when a couple of the, when a couple of the females actually make it through, um, all the guys that want to talk shit that run the course with her should be able to say, yeah, but you know, she made the standard. So it is what it is. That's, that's the hope. That's the hope. And if yeah. the standards maintain, honestly, I mean, she's got carte blanche and talking shit to all the dudes who didn't make it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Hey dude, you V you, you V dub dude. You don't have, yeah. an opinion. you don't get an opinion. It'll be awkward when her uh, civil affairs and psyops enablers show up. <laughs> oh, the old switcheroo. <laughs> oh, dude, thank you so much for taking the time, man. I don't want to keep you. I know it's 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 eight thirty my time, your time. You you got the you got the little you know the pistons running around. I'm sure. Um, so I won't dude, keep you. you. To my internet, yeah. <laughs> dude, they're probably in the walls, man. They're pulling they're yeah, pulling man. cables, dude. Dudes, thank you so much. We'll do a quick product plug real quick, if you don't mind. And I, 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 you know, I don't have the product with me because I gave it to my girlfriend because I, 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 I like the product. Guys, Solatac, Southern Louisiana Tactical is what I've been told it stands for, but I'm not a Cajun like my boy Demps, my buddy Dempsworth. You can find him on Twitter, but visit him, Solatac.com. He makes high quality, like super high quality. IFAX, that's your individual first aid kit. It's a, it's a great product. It's super small, super discreet, and it's got everything you need to manage a bleed, which nine times out of 10 in a trauma situation or emergency situation, that's what you're going to want to be doing. Um, it's just, it, he, he packs it up. It's incredibly reasonably priced, and he packs it up. It's the same equipment that I use and that Joe used, 
with his time while he was with the military. It's, it's the exact same stuff, guys. It's not the stuff that you're getting at CVS. So visit him, Solatac, that's S-O-L-A-T-A-C.com. Joe, buddy, it's always a pleasure, dude. You're plugging Long Tap Brewery too, man. That's good stuff. Dude, yeah. I mean, well, I'm kind of hoping, like, I wasn't hoping that they'd, like, see the podcast and they'd be like, Nick, come on down and drink beer for free. But, you know, back in my mind, it was kind of there. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, thanks so much, man. Yeah, man. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Anytime you want to come on, you know where to find me. Definitely, man. All right. Thanks, brother. All right, man. I'll see you. Take it easy. Later.